millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Roker Rapport podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. My name is Rich Spate and I'm talking exclusively to Tom White of Sky Sports about the ownership situation at Sunderland AFC, who kind of broke the story on Twitter on uh, Tuesday afternoon. So how are you uh, this afternoon, Tom? It's been busy, Rich, funnily enough, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm very, very well, thank you. I've um, this, uh, with, with this story, it's a big story for all of us and I think... Um, when you break something on Twitter, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered and it's quite hard to answer them on that platform. So I thought, well, do I do a Twitter Q&A today? Well, that's the same problem. Do I do an Instagram Live? I'll be honest with you, I didn't know how to set it up. So I <laughs> thought, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll text Gav and see if this might be the best way of uh, of kind of trying to answer a few questions, but certainly maybe going into more detail on stuff that I've already broken. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's kind of just set the scene where we're up to, um, I guess, with the ownership. Obviously, Charlie Metfin and Stuart Donald's combined 39% shareholdings up for sale. Uh, they told us on the 2nd of March that that was up for sale with a, a prominent broker for uh, £11.7 million, equaling a club valuation of £30 million. Over two and a half years ago, in January 2020, Donald, after kind of the joint statement from fans, said that he would... Uh, sell up. He just wants to find somebody for the club who would do the right thing, and this is a sentiment that Metfin actually echoed at a, a similar time that they would only sell to kind of good custodians of the club. And to be fair, they, a decent, credible custodian was brought in alongside Juan Satori and Kira Louis Dreyfus, and together they own sixty-one percent of the club. But the issue of the thirty-nine percent remains. Um, so rumours began to circulate the last couple of weeks um, that some sort of sale was imminent. Um, there was one or two stories about that. One name given to us was John Rees, a Swiss-based uh, Sunderland-born 20% shareholder in Ineos, who would be an eminently credible buyer for any football club. And the other rumour that we picked up on the breeze was that there was an element of fan ownership involved in any deal. Now, we've seen through the article that Dave Brown put out on Rogue Report that the fans together, this crypto group um, that are uh, in the running to buy that 39%, don't look like the kind of people uh, who are suitable to hold a almost 40% stake in the championship club. And 
it's really in doubt whether they're going to be able to pass an owners and directors test, even if they do have a legal organisation that, that could even get that far. So we're at the point where we had a statement last night from Kira Louis-Dreyfus saying that he'd heard nothing from TFT and that any buyer would have to be credible and aligned with their plans, which does suggest um, that they have some sort of shareholder agreement providing them with a veto over the transfer of shares. But that's something that we'll explore. And it's left many people, including, I think, Giles Mooney in the uh, in the Love Supreme, wondering if this TFT offer is some sort of you know, other William story, some character that's been lined up to kind of terrify us in some ways. So, Tom, is there anything that I've missed in that introduction? Is there anything that you more that you can tell our listeners about the TFT deal uh, deal and the kind of the share sale overall? Yeah. So, first of all, your article yesterday was really, really good. Very, very good article. Very thorough. Very um, interesting and informed people on a lot of things that they might not have necessarily known about in the world of crypto. That was brilliant. The Giles Mooney article today, I think was, um, I think a lot of it, what he said may well have had a lot of truth. Uh, Something that, and I've spoken to him today, the one thing that wasn't quite right is that this group is, is very real. This group's bid has been accepted. This is with the EFL and it's not just there to to scare us. William Story never got anywhere near this. Um, I've mm-hmm. never ever spoken to William Story, but I know that he was never ever taken seriously. This one is being taken seriously. But I'm going to take you back quite a long way. I'm going to take you back to when we knew that Stuart Donald and Charlie Methan were looking to sell at least some of the club. We thought they were actually looking mm-hmm. to sell all of it. Turned out they were looking to sell some of it. And it was very quiet for a long time. And then a, a friend of mine, an ex-colleague uh, called Ed Aarons, uh, uh, broke the story. I think he's at the Telegraph now about Kira Louis Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. Great journalism. He was absolutely right. The story was right. The only thing is, it took a heck of a lot longer than expected. It didn't go through until February, and I think he broke it in November. So it took a long, long time, and he got that bang on, and it came out of nowhere. No one else, no one else knew that. But as that, you know, before Kira Louis Dreyfus took over. I was taking a lot of phone calls from people representing various groups who were interested in buying the club. And there was a heck of a lot of interest. I don't think that's a big surprise to anyone. Uh, These people would phone me up just for a little bit more information that I might know, given what my job is, but mainly as a Sunderland fan, asking me what the Sunderland fans actually want from their ownership and such like that. And none of them came to anything. I, you know, I didn't. Some of them I spoke to once, and that was it. Sometimes I'd get little updates from them, but eventually they all fell by the wayside. They, to be honest with you, all in in the end, it always came back in one way or another. It all came back to money and mm-hmm. and the price that um, Donald and Methan wanted for the club, and that's fine because Kira Lou Dreyfus did come in, and I'm a big fan of his, by the way. So you fast forward to about, I'm going to say two months ago, it might be more like six weeks ago, and I get very, very similar phone call, but from a group that I'd never heard of before. So so a, a representative for, for a group called The Fans Together, they phoned me asking exactly the same things, asking me about the club, what the fans want, even asking me what I think of Alex Neal and such like. And again, put the phone down and you think, 
oh well, that's that's probably it. You know, they're 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 interested in buying Stuart Donald and Charlie Methrin's shares. Let's see where it goes, and you kind of put it to the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. But in fairness to them, they kept updating me on what was going on, and I still, you know, it's very early days. You still don't. I've heard this so many times before that I never really. It's not that I didn't think they would get this far. It's that I just I've, I've seen it before where people have eventually said, "Oh yeah, it's too much money," or in the end, obviously we got promoted, and I thought, "Well, that might ramp the price up even more." And when I really started, when when they really got my interest, is when at uh, Sheffield Wednesday at home in the playoffs, they had two representatives in the boardroom. A third representative joined the boardroom post-match as well. And that's when I thought, crikey, I might actually have to make some phone calls here and find out a little bit more about them, find out what's going on. And um, because if, if they're in the boardroom, that, that means things are more advanced than I had maybe thought. Again, at that stage, as a journalist, I could have, I could have broken that. But then mm-hmm. again... How do I know? There might be someone in the boardroom every week who are looking to buy shares and I just don't know about them. So I thought, is it really news? Does it actually move the story on? Is there a story in this at all? So still nothing, but my point is there, this has been going on for a very long time and still had nothing to say. And I didn't really speak to them at all prior to the final. And then when we won the final, that's when they got back in touch to say, right, things are moving. I might have something for for you in a few days. Again, still always sceptical. But at this stage, I can tell you that they uh, they had agreed a price before the final, two prices, one for League One, one for the championship. Thankfully, we won the playoffs mm-hmm. for all of us. Brilliant. Best weekend ever. I say best weekend. It's been like the best few weeks. Not stop celebrating. It's been brilliant. And when we went up, a heck of a lot more interest came in those shares. A lot of people were after those shares now that we were championship rather than League One. But this group were already advanced. They'd already agreed the price. I put out that there, were, there was advanced negotiations with one group, with Donald and Methven. And then it got to the stage where the bid had been accepted and things were really moving onto the stage of EFL. And that's obviously when I was able to report that, but still I'd been asked to not name the group. And remember, when people compare this with William's story and everybody says, oh, he just wants to get his name out there. And I don't know, because I've never met him. That's not an accusation that I'm putting at him. That's an accusation that is put at him. This group didn't want their name out there. The only reason their name came out yesterday is because uh, a much better journalist than me, clearly at The Athletic, he had found their name out from another source. He'd done a lot more digging. Um, he had given them the courtesy, this group, he'd given them the courtesy, the fans together, of saying, right, I'm going to run this story, which is, that's what you do in journalism. You mm-hmm. get the story, you check with every side, you at least give people a courtesy call. He did that and he said, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with this story. And that is when, once he was going to go with that story, and it was brilliant journalism from him, once he was able to name them, it was time for me to name them. And that's where we got to, really. And, and then, of course, there was the statement from, from Kirill Louis-Dreyfus uh, that evening. But everything that has been reported by both me and from The Athletic as well has just been pure facts. 
I've given no opinion and I won't give any opinion. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked about any speculation. I've just given the facts. And when it comes to Sunderland, that's what I like to do. I break a lot of transfer stories in January and over the summer. And I don't retweet them myself. I put the story out. It goes out on Sky Sports News. Don't even put my name to it publicly. Mm. Um, But when it's Sunderland, I feel that we maybe don't get the coverage that us as fans would like. I feel like I should report it myself so that the fans actually know what's going on. Because on Sky Sports News, it can get buried. We're now championship, not league one. But somebody buying 39% of our club isn't going to be top story. Whereas in Sunderland, it's absolutely top story. Um, and and that, is, that is where we're at. But everything that has been said by both me and The Athletic, to my knowledge, is correct. The Athletic actually got a, a statement from Charlie Methven, which I haven't... They've got some direct quotes from Charlie Methven, which I haven't got. But this story, whether we as fans like it or not, and, and I can tell from, tell from the reaction <laughs> what the answer to that is, you know, this story... Is true. Whether or not this goes through, a heck of a lot of question marks over that. A heck of a lot. But everything reported is fact. And remember that Kira Louis Dreyfus' statement didn't actually deny any of that, but it's quite clear that he's not happy either. Yeah. I think the interesting thing and the I think the thing that people will pick up as a, an inconsistency is the fact that he said he that uh, no employee of the club has met with uh, TFT, which uh, from what you've said doesn't align with the the facts of, of them being in the boardroom at games that we know that um Kira Louis Dreyfus was 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 in attendance. Yeah, that that's that's the thing. That that's the one thing that has kind of, of baffled me a little bit. But at the same time, if he says he's never met anyone from TFT, I've never been in the boardroom. I don't know what the boardroom mm-hmm. looks like. It may well be that he keeps himself to himself. It may well be that he's in an office somewhere, walks out, watches the match, goes back to the office. I don't know. And I definitely would not question anything. There's no way that Kira Louis-Dreyfus would, would, would lie, by the way. So if he says he hasn't met them, then he hasn't met them. All right. Um, as for employees at the club, well, they will have met them because they will have been taken to the boardroom, but they might not have known who they are. Mm-hmm. I think the point is, it does appear to me that that statement was saying, this is being done without my knowledge. And I was, he's very, he keeps himself to himself, Kira Louis Dreyfus. So this is, is something that obviously feels strongly about, which is, as fans, it is nice to hear from your owner. Yeah. I, I think everyone would, would agree with that. And I think the statement was quite welcome in that regard. And I don't know whether he was angry at TFT. I don't know if he was angry at Methan and Donald. He may well have been angry with me and others who had broken the story. Maybe, maybe. But either way, it was actually quite nice to hear from him and I already know that he is absolutely dedicated to the club and this absolutely proves it so there's positives there well there's there's a, there's a question that that comes up now uh, time and again though um in relation to exactly what you just said there in terms of Louis Dreyfus's commitment to the club obviously but earlier in the year Steve Davison and Kirill Louis Dreyfus made it pretty clear that over the summer they would look at the possibility of purchasing Donald and Methven's shares from them. That was, I think, outlined in statements. It was outlined, I think, to the um, to the Red and White Army and, and the supporter groups. Uh, and certainly there was a, a, a very big inference that that would be the, the most preferable outcome. Lots of fans would like Louis, the Louis Dreyfus family to take over 
you know, 80% or more of the club and to put this issue to bed once and for all. We've seen Margarita Louis-Dreyfus pitch side at the Stadium of Light the other week. We've seen um, uh, Philip Hildebrand, her, her husband, at the Royal Box at Wembley. So it begs the question, why are the Louis-Dreyfus family and Sir Tory, who are not short of £11.7 million or even a, a 50% up tick on that for a, for a championship bonus, promotion bonus on that share price, why aren't they taking that 39%? Yeah, that's a very good question. And while all this be, has been going on, I have it's my information from various sources that Kira Louis-Dreyfus was never, all right, oh, sorry, not never, that's, that's not fair. Right now, he wasn't going to buy these shares. He's happy with the amount of shares he's got. Remember that he's he's got 41 and he has got the con- he's got the controlling stake and he is chairman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does he need an extra 39 when he's got that? He's got Juan Sartori with 20. It's also my information that those two get on very well. Those two work yeah. together. So if you add those two together, you've got 61% there. Does Kira Louis-Dreyfus really need to buy the other 39. So my information was that he wasn't interested in this extra 39 at this stage anyway. And 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 he is happy. And I can when I when I describe it like that, I can sort of see it. He's if he's happy with what he's got and he's still controlling it and, and his chairman, does he really need to spend any more money on it? It doesn't seem like he wants to work with this group, but he may well want investment elsewhere. It seems sounds like he does want investment elsewhere. And that still might come. And it's the the reaction to this has been I had a feeling that the reaction wasn't going to be great to, to this once we named the group. All right. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that. And there's um there's a there's a lot of anger. And it's very interesting this because it's a situation that's that's quite new to me as well. Because because I'm a mental health first aider, right? Mm-hmm. And my, I, I know a lot about mental health. I'm trained on how to speak to people who are who are struggling, mm-hmm. um, and that's why on on Twitter, by the way, my DMs are open purely because I'm a mental health first aider. People abuse that, by the way, sometimes. But you know, <laughs> I let them off. If people have got genuine questions, I get back to them anyway. And if people want me to do stuff for charity and stuff, you know, always 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 happy to. But with this one, as as a mental health first aider. A feeling of anger is fine. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel sad. So whatever. In this situation, that feeling of anger is is fine. But you've got to direct it at the right people. And at this one, it's quite hard because who actually can the fans direct it at fairly? Can you direct it at me or anyone else who's broken the story? Well, no, obviously not because... We're not championing anything. We are just giving the story. It is our job. And, yeah. you know, you, I don't think anybody can't really take anyone seriously who is, who is aiming it at, at me or any other journalist. Are they, is it fair to be angry with Donald and Methven? Should they have held off and sold them to someone that as fans we would have been more excited about? Well, you know, if they're trying to sell their shares and only one group or one person matches their offer then is it really fair to blame them for that I, I don't know is it a lot of people are angry towards Kira Louis-Dreyfus saying why doesn't he just buy the shares but as I've just explained to you if he's happy with what he's got why would he so there is no obvious place to fairly vent your anger in this situation mm. 
but there is anger but there is anger out there yeah and a lot of it's been directed and i think probably justifiably towards this group that is using the the idea the language around fan ownership around fan engagement around fan participation to potentially sell its cryptocurrency that hasn't launched yet and when we look at how cryptocurrencies and tokens have been launched in the past what they require is buzz and engagement from an already kind of attached audience some an audience with a stake who will come in and at their initial token offer which is is still forthcoming you can go on one on one crypto site and buy the option of 2 million of these TFT coins at at launch which hasn't happened yet and they own 92% of that stock of TFT tokens so if and when this goes through and if and when they offer them out to Sunderland fans they stand to make a, a substantial profit and if people don't engage with it they stand to be left high and dry without any money so it kind of begs the further question i don't know if you have any information on this or not but when we spoke with james cave and martin caldine they talked about a, a corporate structure and um, the the dow corporate structure that this this organization has which is only licensed in a couple of u.s states and um, doesn't really have a legal equivalent in the uk and that 7% of the organisation is owned uh, or offered out to private equity. Do you have any idea where the money behind this deal comes from? Have you asked that question of, of, of TFT? Yeah, I, I've got no idea where their money to actually buy the, the shares are, but it is, it, I wondered at first, and this a question I did ask, I wondered if they were actually paying for the shares with cryptocurrency that is not the case that's i wondered if that was the case because mm-hmm. i knew that they were involved in crypto that is not the case and, and that's been confirmed by by various people so they obviously have some sort of backing from somewhere now on that as far as the fans together are concerned i'm expecting over the next days and weeks, but I think probably days, they are going to be trying to engage with the Sunderland fans a lot more, right? Now, that won't be certainly through me. I don't think it'll be through any other journalist. It will be by themselves. As far as, because as far as I'm concerned, I've broken the story. There shouldn't really be anything for me to report on now unless it either collapses or goes through, as far as I'm concerned. But they are wanting dialogue with the fans. However they choose to do that, I don't know. And they will, they will do that in any way because they accept that there are a lot of questions as well. But they think that they, listen, you might laugh, but they think they can turn the fans around here. All right, they think they can turn the fans around. And in terms of in terms of the anger towards them, I think anger towards the fact that it is them and not because this would very much be an unknown, rather than other people you've mentioned there who we know have got loads of money. It's far more traditional way of doing things anger about that i mean definitely anger towards them i mean if if something's for sale and they're trying to buy it i'm not really sure if it's fair to to put that much to be angry with them in that regard i think that might be a bit harsh as well that's why i'm saying i don't know i don't know where we should vent our anger 
because I can kind of defend, I can, I can think of a defence for everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, you've been very fair-minded about it, Tom. Um, oh, my, my, well, I have to my, be. My, my repost would be that this entire industry is built off the, off the back of trying to make money out of, of ordinary people and usually people who don't have as much information as they do. And that um, I think we should be extraordinarily sceptical. The way that they phrase things in their white paper, which I, I really do encourage everyone to go and read, you can get a link to it uh, on the article that was on, on the Rogue Report, is that they want to engage via the Red and White Army, via the Supporters Trust. And they even claim that they're going to offer seats on the board and 20% of the equity that they buy to any club that they, that they purchase. Um, obviously, they already own a 20% stake in in a Greek second division regional side, um, which they've also sponsored to the tune of 170 grand. Um, but no, no, none of these tokens have been issued. This is a completely untested model. Um, and as I said, it uses the language of fan activism, of fan ownership, where it patently is not that. So I think... Um, if I sound a little bit angry, it's because I care deeply about the idea of actually of of, of fan engagement, of fan ownership, and, and of of um, fan activism, and to have a, a group of of essentially financial engineers try to use my football club and the the ideas around fan activism that have been developed over very many years by some fantastic people um, in and around football clubs up and down the country and around the world to try and sell a, a, a cryptocurrency that they will make money off the back of, I think is um, is where a lot of the anger comes from. Um, yeah. People don't like to think that they're going to have the wool pulled over their eyes and they don't like to think that our club is going to be experimented on by some people who have basically no experience of doing this. Yeah, I, th- I think you've explained that very, very well. You know, I think a lot of people will agree with you and the... Uh, it's not just anger, is it? There's, there's fear as well because we've seen what's happened with various clubs. Some some fans have lost their clubs. So mm-hmm. in terms of the sort of the the process to to bring a, you know, the owners and directors test, everybody needs it to be robust because we've kind of been there before and it's all very well thinking, oh, yeah, but Kira Louis-Dreyfus has got loads of money so he'll always bail us out. But if if he's not keen to work with, who's coming in then you know that that is something to to be fearful for so anger and fear absolutely fair enough and you've explained that very very well but as things stand this this is where we're at this is where we're at and i must i must say i know that the athletic had in the quotes from charlie meth and they said there was a second bidder don't know if that's true or not i i certainly if it is true i don't know who who the second bidder is i know there was a heck of a lot of interest but i know this lot are further down the line than any uh, than anybody else. Oh, and by the way, when people, I know um, there's a, f- a few people who kind of, I know that Roka Report, you get accused of it a lot of kind of just saying whatever Charlie Methven says to you. When, when I was told that the bid had been accepted for their shares, just out of courtesy as a journalist, you have to kind of approach the mm-hmm. other side to say, we are running this story. Is there anything you would like to add or deny or confirm or anything like that? I'd never had Charlie Methven's number as a journalist. I was able to get it. I was able to just ask him, you know, and he he gave me nothing. He actually just said he texted a mutual friend of ours to check 
who I was. He didn't even know who I was. Mm-hmm. So although I met him once, chilling him away when we won 4-1 in our first season in League One, that's that's when I met him and he didn't, you know, he didn't know me from Sky Sports News. He just knew, just met me, hello, as a fan. Journalists will never reveal their sources, but I don't mind saying that none of this has come from that side, is yeah. what I'm saying. I, I've, out of courtesy, I've said what I'm running because that's what we have to do, but it, it hasn't come from that side. Well, that, that's that's good to know. I do think it's really um, important. I've seen a few people on Twitter saying, reveal your sources to, to us, to you, to The Athletic, etc. And that's not how... That's not how the media works. If you no. want people to, to keep being able to write and broadcast about what's going on at the club and to keep people informed, then then we need to be able to do our jobs behind the scenes and, and uh, to work away and beaver away and do our research and speak to people to be able to bring you um, the latest from the club. So I think we've been pretty comprehensive, Tom, and it's been very interesting. I think I've learned a lot more about the situation not sure I'm overly happy with what I've heard, but that's not that's not I'm not gonna shoot the messenger in every any way, shape, or form. I just thank you for, for your time and being open and honest. And just to give you the chance if there's anything else that you wanted to to add in that you think uh, just that that fans need to know about this process. No, it's it's just nice to be able to kind of go into more detail on things which you you, you know you don't always get that platform to do which is why I mm-hmm. which is why I, I spoke to Gav early it's nice to kind of explain things a bit more and also just to kind of let let fans know really that let, let the Sunderland fans know that you know we we are like you often do we are just reporting the facts i have not in, in any of this i'm giving my mm-hmm. opinion on anything i am not giving my opinion on anything i don't mind giving a an opinion on a Sunderland performance on a sunday morning <laughs> on the on the roker report podcast i don't mind giving an opinion on a player when I'm doing the transfer shows on Sky Sports News. But with this being business related, it's mm-hmm. not my area of expertise. This is just a, a story that I've got. And my job is to report the facts and, and that is it. There'll be no, um, there'll be no opinion from me on it. <laughs> well, there'll be plenty of opinion from us because that is our role as a fanzine yeah, absolutely. and a podcast. Absolutely. And, um, and we will be, I'm sure, publishing quite a lot uh, coming up as this story develops. We'll be keeping a close eye on your Twitter feed, Tom, and on Sky Sports News and on and all the other outlets uh, who, who are trusted by fans. We'll have loads of content on the website, everyone. Uh, we'll also have uh, a Lassus podcast coming out later this week, which will be discussing all the latest developments with Sunderland AFC women because there's contracts and retained lists and even potentially a new signing or two that should be coming out uh, in the next uh, few hours as we're recording. Uh, so we'll have all of that news as well, uh, as well as our regular historical pieces and all the bits of fun that you can find on Rope Report. So um, thank you very much, Tom, for your time. My pleasure, anytime. And thanks for listening, everyone. Ta-ra. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. And what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code MOM.